When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we're breaking down game one of the Colorado Rockies versus San Francisco Giants set. Did not go how the home club was hoping it would. A couple of scary signs from Kyle Freeland. We'll get into all that. We've got some thoughts for you. Getting ready for Larry Walker's Hall of Fame induction ceremony, all that good stuff. Uh, but Patrick, let's do get into the baseball. Uh, a ten to five game. There's, there's a lot of times we'll say the other way around. You know, oh, oh, that game was closer than it looked. Uh, but I feel like this one was maybe the other way around, the opposite of that. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was like it was five ten, and you still go, uh, yeah, no, they were never really in this thing, and it was not a competitive baseball game. Especially when you consider they had two runs in the eighth and. I was duped a little bit because I did have the feeling that, hey, this might be one where they, they actually come back because they kept chipping away. Right. It still was just not enough. When you look at the, the Giants' bullpen, Gabe Kapler just kept going to a guy, say, maybe you can get a couple outs here and there. Uh, and, and it was enough. But, uh, you know, you're right, 10-5 looks like a blowout, but at the same time, it's Coors Field, and we've seen games with this team in particular this season. They've been pretty good offensively at Coors Field, and with the lineup going the way that it has been typically at, at home, you would have guessed that they could have made it a little bit closer. But you're right; it really wasn't as close as the final score would let you believe. Yeah, it it was odd that it, it kind of went both ways. Because I'm with you, especially once uh, they did make uh, you know scored a bunch of runs there late, and. Uh, uh, they had Elias Diaz up at the plate with a chance to, you know, and I was like, okay, if he puts one over the seats, into the seats here, now it's a three-run ball game going into the ninth, and you're looking at a, a close one, but of course it never really did get to that point. Um, and it really never did get close because of, as I said before, uh, the unfortunate day that Kyle Freeland had, as you would well documented throughout the month of August, he had been one of the best pitchers in the National League. Uh, tough way. <laughs> to, to start September here so far. Uh, but he, he did talk a little bit after the game, was bothered a bit by a hip issue that he'd been dealing with, not trying to make any excuses. We know Kyle Freeland's not an excuse guy, but Black even said he didn't really think it was the hip. 
He may have been due for a bad game. He was definitely leaving pitches in very hittable spots. That's the end result there. He wasn't pitching well. Why he wasn't pitching well, we'll have to see in the future. But uh, a real bummer to see a guy who'd been going. You know he was jazzed up to face Kevin Gossman at Coors Field in Denver and the whole thing and for it to go that way. Real bummer for him. I don't want to say he had too much pressure on himself. (laughs) He certainly could have. You know he wanted to go out there and best Kevin Gaussman, particularly because Gaussman is, you know, maybe he's a dark horse right now for the NL Cy Young. Hasn't been as good in the second half as he's been in the first half, but right. Understanding the, you know, the situation at hand with two kids from Colorado starting the ball game here at Coors Field. Gaussman had family in attendance. He pitched here twice last year as a member of the Giants, but, you know, there was this pandemic thing going on, right, so right, they weren't right, able to yeah. see him. So we had that going on, and, you know, you had uh, Taylor Rogers in the Giants' bullpen, Colorado product, Lucas Gilbreth, uh, who we did eventually see in the ninth for the Rockies, also a Colorado kid. So that was kind of neat, the, the symmetry that was going on and the, the narrative behind the scenes with the two Colorado guys. But, you know, you're right. I, the hip, I think, has been more of an issue Really didn't seem like he was uh, able to finish his pitches like he typically does. And, yes, he's not going to make that an excuse. He's not going to allow it. Even Austin Gomber said it. Who's He's done for the year. He's on the 60-day IL. And on Monday went out and said, no, that's still not an excuse. You know, some of the issues that I've been having, maybe they're at a nagging lower back. Um, but I still need to go out there and grind. I mean, shoot. We saw what Max Scherzer has been able to do in the past with a black eye. And again, that's a little bit different than, you know, blisters on your fingers or issues with your hip or lower back. But at the same time, it's part of the grind uh, This in, in MLB and, and this season in particular with there being such a, a short track last year with only the 60 games that this year is even, even more grindier, so to speak. And so <laughs> uh-huh. the Rockies are feeling that all teams have been feeling. I think the Rockies actually have done really well up to this point as far as their injuries are concerned. Yeah, but they've been pretty healthy compared to other teams this year, honestly. When you look around the league, a lot of teams have just been absolutely obliterated by injuries. The Rockies have had some tough ones, and the Scott Oberg thing isn't even your typical injury. That's probably been the worst guy that, that, that they've missed, you know, not having him all year because of the blood clot thing. And so that's you know, that, that's been really tough, but for the most part, they've done well there. Um, one guy that has unfortunately missed time to injury that has been back and continues to pitch well, I've highlighted him a lot out of the bullpen, uh, been a big fan of his. And, you, you know, I was talking recently, going back and looking at a lot of these top 100 prospect lists from years past, uh, I've been seeing his name pop up a lot. That's Robert Stevenson. He was on a lot of those lists back in the day and, you know, hasn't worked out for or didn't work out for him much in Cincinnati. He's still getting into his career here now in Colorado with 37 innings in. He's at 300, uh, 300, 365 ERA and an ERA plus of 133. Another clean inning in the, the wild one there, giving the Rockies a chance if they were going to make the comeback. You need those kinds of outings from him. And just as of late, has been very good. He's, he's impressed. He's become what the Rockies were hoping he'd become and what they were counting on him and a few other guys like Yancy Almonte and yeah. you know Daniel Bard, who had they figured it out, had they figured it out a little bit sooner in the season, 
I don't want to say that they would be challenging for a wild card spot, but certainly some of their, their woes on the road wouldn't have been so bad. They would be a little more competitive in those ball games, wouldn't have blown some of them uh, at home. And so it's certainly better late than never uh, for Robert Stevenson to figure it out. And, you know, for him to have still a couple more years of, of team control, you know, we could be seeing, you know, the, the start of, of something really nice, a guy who can be you know, an eighth inning guy or maybe even a closer. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years, but he's still controllable, still has some time. And I think you, you really like the fact that he's going to be around going forward because he's showing you that promise. He's showing you that former top prospect ability. Was was a starting pitcher with Cincinnati at the time. And again, if you can't figure it out as a starter, you're going to be relegated to the bullpen. But you see, you see that talent. You see that ability level. The way to way to carve up some guys really when he's on point, even here in Colorado, you say this is a guy that you know you might be able to be a part of, of building towards something much bigger in the near future. Yeah, and uh, the other guy that you mentioned there who really has come around, I think, quite quietly, uh, is Lucas Gilbreth. He's sitting there. You know, it's my favorite stat now these days: the ERA plus of one fifteen. So you look at. 32 innings pitched and a 4.22 ERA for the young man. And you go, that's ah, not that exciting. But then you remember, oh, yeah, he's a rookie. It's his first year in Major League Baseball. Uh, he's really becoming a, a reliever right now. He had been, you know, a starter. And, and he's kind of one of those late bloomer guys. You weren't sure. He was never a top prospect, never anything like that. And so you look at what he's doing right now, and these 115 ERA plus guys are absolutely vital if you're going to have a decent bullpen moving forward. Now, we don't know. It's a, it's a small sample size, but it's looking good lately. He's been fantastic since the beginning of July. And I talked with Buddy about it after the game on Monday. Talked with Daniel Bard. In fact, talking with Bardo, I just mentioned you know the young guys in the bullpen. He was quick to sing their praises and how good that they've been. And in in talking about the success of some of the guys in the bullpen, he was quick to point to Lucas Gilbreth immediately. And now he's always asking questions and he's always curious mm-hmm. about different things. Not even so much from the aspect of that he is a converted starting pitcher. I think that's it's it's natural for anyone to think, all right, how do I approach this differently? I think it's just, again, whether you're a starter or you're a reliever, you want to pick the brains of the guys who have been around a lot and the guys who have had experience and, and know batters really well and and you got to think about what the pitch mix is, is best here to work on. And so it, it's good to hear that these young guys have someone. That's, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, interim GM Bill Schmidt erred on the side of, you know what, let's bring Bard back at least so he can, you know, offer some advice to these young guys. Yeah, maybe yeah. you don't bring back uh, a prospect, maybe not a great prospect, but you bring back a prospect, that's not going to help your, your team. It's not going to help your young and inexperienced players today. Whereas a veteran guy is going to help you do that a little bit more for the next couple of years. It's hard to translate that, right? It's like a guy who's a great clubhouse player. You don't really know what that adds to the mix, right. but, you, but you can at least theorize what a, a veteran like Bard uh, and a veteran like CJ Crone can add to a roster full of young and inexperienced players who haven't been through the grind of 162 game seasons in a while or even ever. Right. And I saw somebody, I'm stealing this from someone on Twitter, and I just don't know who, I can't remember. I, I see so much, so I'm sorry out there, whoever it was. But it was after the Feltner-Fernandez game. And somebody said, you know, 
after those tough moments, it really helps to have like a veteran guy sit down and, and talk to you a little bit about times they've been there. And I can't think of anybody better on the roster to do that right now than Daniel Bard. Who better to talk about the ups and downs of the games of uh, the game of baseball to these young players just getting their start at the major league level and, and tell them, hey, man, your, your journey could be any number of things. You could go through any number of issues, but as long as you keep believing in yourself, you keep working really hard, you keep doing things, you take, you know, to steal a, a line from my partner, if you keep doing all the little things right, the big things will take care of themselves. And I think that's the kind of thing that, yeah, Daniel Bard is is the perfect guy to have around for, even if right now he's the last guy out of the bullpen, unfortunately, that you want to hand the ball to. If for anything else, then you don't want to see him go out there and struggle right now. You want to you – know, he needs a reset somehow, and, and hopefully some time with some of these other guys pitching will we'll do him some good. Yeah, maybe even a new role, you know. But, yeah. but the one role that, as we've been saying – is as a player coach. You know, he's been doing it last couple of years with the Arizona Diamondbacks, so I think he really relishes the role. He still walks around the ballpark with a with a smile on his face. You know, anytime you come to the ballpark, you should have a smile yeah. on your face. And, uh, you know, he likes leading these young guys, and there's just so much value to having a vet like him around and the experience and, you know, to, to help coach up. And so I understand how you can, you know, I can understand how some of the fans can be disgruntled about him still being around and what could have been and what you could have gotten. But I, I think I understand the other side of, of the conversation, if you will, um, by the Rockies front office of how his value can be just as much to the organization going forward in just this year or in the beginning of next year before the trade deadline, let's say, as a young prospect that might be another you know, sixth or seventh inning guy, nothing more, nothing less. Because again, he's helping coach up these guys. And if you think there's a core here, and if you think there's some, you know, really good players with some upside, well, you need somebody in the bullpen that can provide that. After Daniel Bard, Carlos Estevez is essentially your most veteran guy out of the bullpen at this (laughs) point, right? right? And he's still young and figuring out. He's He's a great, great leader, very underappreciated as far as leaders go. 100%. But even still, he's still figuring his own stuff out. So imagine you going like, oh, I'm still trying to establish myself and now I'm the closer and you know I got another year before free agency. I, I got a lot of you know things I'm figuring out on my own. So you can't come around and, 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 and knock on my locker because I, I'm, I'm, I've got my own right. stuff I need to deal with. Daniel Bard is going to do that. He's going to put the other players and his teammates – before himself at this point in his career. And I think, you know, that has a lot more untapped value than I think we really realize. Yeah, I 100% agree. And if the Rockies want to full-on sell that, they can do what I talked about in an article of the day, and subscribers can go and read it. And they, they got to build wisely around him. Give him even more clay to mold, if it will. If you're going to, if, if you will. If you're going to flip this thing around and really try to go back at it next year, they got to go out and get the arms that that's going to be even more valuable for next season. And then they will look smart. If they don't, eh, you, don't get to, you, don't, you don't get to claim that one just because it was right in theory. So, yeah, but they go out and build wisely around him, and keeping him is going to end up looking really smart. So speaking of looking really smart and subscribing to the DNVR.com, you will look really smart if you do that. You should subscribe. You'll get access to all the written content. You get discounts on hats and shirts. A bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. Access to our Discord channel, just a private chat room where we're 
chatting baseball 24-7. Also, all the other sports, movies, television, pro wrestling, uh, whatever's going on in your life. Uh, snowboarding, skiing, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, always hanging out on the Discord channel. Make sure you subscribe, become a member today at thednvr.com. Of course, you know, uh, mentioned the larger Breck Brew. Make sure you're getting your Brecks all set up at your local King Supers or a liquor store. Absolutely delicious stuff. They come in 15 can samplers because 12 cans are for wimps. You got to get your 15 can sampler. Usually got some strawberry sky in there, the avalanche amber, maybe a little vanilla porter. Usually there's an, actually there's always an IPA in there. It's typically the hot peak. Sometimes it's the juice drop. Either one works perfectly well for me. Uh, the, depends on the mood I'm in. It's usually whatever one's available, actually, as it turns out. It's pretty, it's pretty convenient the way that works out for me. So... You know what it is. Get your Breck Brew situation all set up. And, of course, the other situation you need all set up is your DraftKings Sportsbook app. NFL is back. Get your tailgates ready. Get excited. Start picking in pools. Know what's up. Get You can, you can hop on the DMVR Broncos podcast. You can hop on the DMVR Bets podcast or their live shows. They'll have you all up to speed and all this stuff. Not just the Broncos, but league-wide, what you can bet on. Of course, you know your college football fans have plenty of stuff going. And don't forget, there's you know limited time left here to get your baseball bets in. There's only so much baseball left. You, you want to hop on there, show off your knowledge, show what you know, go around the league, pick some winners, some overs and unders on strikeouts or who's going to hit home runs. You know the deal. You love the deal. But if you haven't gotten in yet, do it now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR. New customers bet $1 on any football game to receive $200 in free bets instantly with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only free bet promotion for new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Max wager limits apply. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Four seven zero zero. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is the Dodgers over the Cardinals with a run line of one and a half. Dodgers are going to give one and a half to the Cardinals, who will be starting Adam Wainwright. Yes, that Adam Wainwright, who in his last seven starts has a 1.43 ERA. And yes, this game is in St. Louis, but going into Tuesday, the Cardinals have lost three games in a row. And the Dodgers will be starting... To be determined. I don't even know who's starting for the Dodgers, and yet I'm willing to essentially give two runs to the Cardinals, and I think the Dodgers will pull out partially because of the value. It is plus 145 to go with the Dodgers here, giving that one and a half runs to St. Louis in St. Louis. Nevertheless, I think the Dodgers end up getting that done. That's your best value on the day, plus 145 Dodgers. My DraftKings Sportsbook, pick of the week. I like that. Wainwright's due to blow it. You're, uh, it's, it's a lot. He's been too good. Like He's ready. It was Kyle Freeland just the other night. <laughs> he's been too good. He's due for a clunker. He can't be that good for that long. That's why That's why we have ERAs and batting hour. Everything is an average in this sport. <laughs> uh, so we, we didn't talk at all about the offense yet. And there wasn't much of it early, but they did manage to put up five runs on seven hits. Interesting day at the plate uh, for Rymel Tapia. Only managed one hit. Did get on base a couple of times, though. I, I'm giving him, remember, we talked about this with Nolan Arenado, and he's here. You can go back and look at the article I wrote at the time, the forced error. 
So again, we you know, <laughs> I'm not going to get on the soapbox for very long. It's a mini toppy rant, I promise. But he gets on base there to start an inning, and it's because he put the ball in play and he's got good speed. Yes, you can't guarantee that Chris Bryant is going to stumble a little bit there and not make the play, but it wasn't an easy play to make. And again, I would call that a forced error. A slower runner there, he's got plenty of time to recover easily and make that throw. If he strikes out, not having the conversation in the first place. So again, just the value of, of putting the ball in play. Uh, but he has been a little bit better lately sitting there with the 280 average. Another two-hit day for Brendan Rodgers, who really does continue to be, I think, the best on-field thing in the second half for the Rockies. Had a pair of doubles, too, which, which you just love to see that power. He's able to do it to the center of the ballpark. And, you know, on Tuesday night when we're recording this, he will get the start at shortstop. Asked Buddy a little bit about, you know, his play, and they, they like him there at, at shortstop defensively. I, I don't think... Uh, I got the answer I was really hoping for as, <laughs> yeah. in terms of getting the confidence that, hey, Brendan Rodgers is going to be the shortstop for this team, at least for next year. I wasn't convinced. He used convinced. a lot of words like solid, didn't he? He used a lot of, he's, you know, the arm is back. He's a career shortstop, <laughs> he's so he's playing he's shortstop. Very comfortable. So I wasn't sold, and I you know, yeah. I, I, I didn't ask Buddy for him to, to sell Rodgers to me, so... I think that's still uh, somewhat of a question mark, but nevertheless, you know, that's one of those things to watch in the final month of the season. You know, how, how does that defense, you know, transition? And, you know, I notice a lot of times, especially over at second base, picking the ball up out of his mitt, he's got that one little pump, you know, just just hitting the ball, hitting the, the fist back into the mitt. That costs you that extra second, second and a half. Uh, that's crucial. And that's something he can break out of. And as we said, you know, on the pod in the past, if he focuses on shortstop, I think he can be at least an average, maybe even above average shortstop. But what does that do to his game at the right. plate? And I right. don't think it's worth doing something like that. So we'll keep an eye on him uh, on Tuesday night's game. Uh, I, I expect him on Wednesday to be back over at second base. But yeah. Garrett Hampson will get that start. Uh, he had himself a, a hit as well. Nearly everyone did except Diaz and Fuentes on that game on Monday. And with Logan Webb on the hill here Tuesday night, hits are going to be uh, another hot commodity. It's going to be going to be hard as this 24-year-old youngster has been one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why the Giants have surprised <laughs> yeah. a lot of people this season. I think coming into this year, they their over/under may have been about 73, something, yeah, something yeah. like, or maybe it was like, no, I think it was 75, and the Dodgers were at about 105, and yet. 30 games apart before the season yeah. began, and yet here they are much closer than that with the favor going the Giants' way. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. You've got to appreciate what the Giants have done. And, of course, it, it doesn't – I was going to say it begins and ends with pitching. It doesn't end with pitching, but it <laughs> it begins. And also the middle part and most of the ending is also about pitching. <laughs> it's uh, It's been extraordinary, and Logan Webb's been uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're going to see Desclafani too, right? That you're you're in my favorite, the the podcast favorite, DNVR Rockies podcast favorite, Anthony Desclafani, uh, and yeah, these guys have just been getting it done, and it'll be great to see uh, this Rockies lineup that's obviously been way way better at home, uh, kind of battle with them here. Now you really did see Gossman like get the better of them. Uh, they they didn't really start making their 
uh, run until the Giants brought in Mortal Kombat character Baragar. I don't think that's quite how you pronounce it. <laughs> Bar- I don't know if it's Baragar or Barager. Baragar. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Rockies getting after the bullpen a little bit there. Uh, when Trevor Story did hit his, where was it, uh, 19th home run of the year. But I was more impressed by the Ryan McMahon home run the other way when he got Gossman. Uh, that was that was pretty good because that, that was still when Gossman was pitching very, very well. And, and lefties hitting home runs to left center field at Coors is not something you see very often. Uh, that put him on the board. It, yeah. it was a 2-1 ball game at that point and gave Freeland a little bit of breathing room who um, shut up the Giants at the top of the third there. So there, there was some opportunity before we got to those middle portions and the Giants ended up scoring eight of their ten runs right in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Uh, Logan Webb tonight, you know, again, really solid numbers, uh, about a 2-5 ERA, but his numbers against the Rockies haven't been quite as stellar. Charlie Blackman, Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon, once again, uh, to name a few. Even Ryan Maltapia uh, has been pretty favorable against Webb in the past. Not this version of Logan Webb exactly, but nevertheless, he, he does have uh, two singles, uh, Tapia does, against Webb already this year. So, you know, maybe those guys can string enough together. The other side of the ball, of course, means Chichi Gonzalez has to hold up right. his end <laughs> of the bargain. Right. And that's going to be a little bit more challenging and, and a little more hopeful, a little more wistful, yeah, I should yeah. say. You, that's, that's definitely in the, the land of, of much more wistful. May, may need to, to complete one of those late-inning comebacks with the offense there. But it's also been a while since we've seen Chi-Chi throw out one of those randomly, oh, damn, he was pretty good today, start. So maybe maybe, maybe we're do. due for them. He, you're right. You're it, right. That is true. He's, he's definitely due for those. And, I mean, if the Rockies lose today – Tomorrow, are they going to win against East Clefani with John Gray coming back from the IL? They have not been swept at home no. all season. We knew they were going to get a game at least one way, right? And exactly. I, I think you had them for two, and, and it's still kind of on the table, but it's looking less likely for two. You, you think they got to get one, so so I like that prediction of, of maybe Chi-Chi, you know, kind of figuring it out just a little bit. Chris Bryant not in the lineup. Here tonight on Tuesday night, Mike Kostremski back into the lineup. So we'll see what happens. Also, too, uh, I, I did tweet about it. I don't think anyone really cares, <laughs> but I find it to be seems, interesting. Seems plausible so far. We, we are on the precipice of a new Coors Field record, and that being, and did just have an article that came out on Monday, a little bit about some of the Coors Field season-long records that are at stake, and... One of those records that was tied yesterday was Mr. Brandon Crawford hitting to a double play. I think it was a 4-6-3 double play. The 11th of his career at Coors Field, tying him with Pedro Feliz, Chase Headley, and Sean Green. And he still has five more games to get number 12. How about that? I really, I really hope. Brandon Crawford hits into another double play just for you. And I, I don't think there will be too many more people who are, are more excited about it. Than you. But that's actually, that's great. That's Buster great. Posey has done it 10 times here. So he's, <laughs> he's he has a chance to maybe take the cake, if you will. Albert Pujols is it more, he's hit into more double plays than anyone in the history of MLB. And yet he only did seven times when he was here. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. 
you know. Um, and then, of course, for the final game, it does sound like uh, John Gray is going to make his return, get back out there and pitch, which is good news, obviously, from a health standpoint. You didn't want him to be um, long-term injured, but you also wonder how much you really need to see him go back out there and and pitch too much more at the end of the season. You assume, you know, make sure he's healthy, make sure he's good to go, but you're not going to ride him too hard. Yeah, this is... We've, we've said it all, all year long, this idea of making a rehab start at the big league level. So, you know, would you like for him to go down to Albuquerque or maybe even go down to Hartford, you know, uh, show off with uh, some of the fans out there on the East Coast? In fact, that would have lined up really well. He could start in Hartford, met the team in Philadelphia on Thursday. That, that would have been kind of nice because I know the Yard Goats don't really get the opportunity to have too many rehab starts by Rockies players. Um, but, again, as it were, you know, you, you have to make a move on the 40-man roster to start just about anybody else, or you're going to have to have a complete bullpen game. And, well, we talked about who's on the mound Tuesday night, and so we might still end up having something like that. Yeah. So I think you say, all right, you know, John Gray, go out, tune some things up. Maybe we only, he might even only go three innings. If so, that's fine. Yeah. But better him to go three innings than trying to get that somewhere else here in the midst of, you know, a long span without an off day. And Rockies still aren't going to have an off day for at least over a week, I think, right? I, I'm right. not sure when the next one is. So uh, it's definitely been been long going here, and they're really just trying to trying to play this bad boy out. So John Gray's doing his part to, to play it out. Yeah, it's next Monday that I don't have an off day until the 13th. And so, and then another, and then it's the next Monday is their last off day. Of the season. So. so they're in the smack dab in the middle of a 13-game, Yeah, I think, you know, uh, road or homestand, 13 straight day uh, with gamers. And so, yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty beat up. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this could be it. I, I will say if they're going to get swept, it's, it, it would be this series. But then again, as we're recording this, there's still the possibility they win it. <laughs> and it's been a wild year at Coors Field. You never know what you're going to see. When you come out to the ballpark. So we'll be paying attention to that. Speaking, Patrick, of what we're going to see, one thing we know we're about to see is some Larry Walker. Uh, finally. <laughs> finally. Waited so long. Doing the damn thing. The last game he ever played in was October 19th, 2005. Wow. So he's waited 16 years 16. since he's since he hung up the skates, as I imagine he would, <laughs> he would probably say. So it's such a long wait, not only for him but for Rockies fans too. Yeah. You know, it's it's so wonderful. You know, we've seen Jeff Hewson and, and Jenny Kavnar are down there uh, in in Cooperstown, down there, over there, down over, down east, over by. And uh, Dante Bichette, we know, is in attendance. He, you should see some interviews with him coming out on MLB Network that'll have the coverage starting at 11.30 our time here, Mountain Standard Time. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be fantastic. It's, it's gonna be everything that you know, you've ever hoped for. And, and, and maybe, maybe it won't be from the sense that you know, you'd hope to be there, right? And we know life is what happens when you're busy making plans. And so maybe it'll be the next guy. Maybe it'll be Todd Helton. We, we'll be able to celebrate a little bit more properly, but nevertheless, you can celebrate, watch at home, enjoy the stories, enjoy, and Larry Walker finally getting the accolades properly. 
that he deserves. And you know what? On September 25th, at his uh, number 33 retirement ceremony, the plaque, the Hall of Fame plaque, will actually be here. They have they have made that announcement. Am I going to get to touch it? You, you might, yeah. Fans, I think, are, are going to be able to take a, a photograph with it. Let's go. So that's that's super exciting. The Hall's doing something like that where they're, they're taking plaques around to different ballparks uh, throughout the year. And walkers will be here at Coors Field on September 25th. So think about all of that as you're watching the entire baseball world toast Larry, Kenneth, Robert, Walker. Very very excited for all of that, of course. Very excited for all the pomp and circumstance. But, of course, first on our minds, what's he going to wear? I mean, how – is he going to – is he just going to suit it up? Or is there going to be something on a scale of 1 to 10? How unusual will his attire be? Socks. He's, it's got to be the socks I think he's where yeah. you get a little crazy. Yeah. Um, Maybe a tie – Maybe, maybe no, an, like an interesting tie. You don't think it goes weird tie? I don't think it goes. There are also a lot of events that take place around the ceremony, so you know he might be saving for something weird for for after. Yeah. You know, maybe he's he's currently wearing something on the eve of his induction. I'm thinking we could see you know, Hey Arnold socks or Eek Real Monsters. There's a real big deep cut. <laughs> maybe maybe an all that pair of socks. I don't know. Maybe he mixes and matches. But I think that's about as weird as he gets on his day that shouldn't be, you know, over or outshined by his yeah. his wardrobe. But you know he's going to have something interesting going on. There's got to be something. It's got to be something. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, this really is. It, it's going to be something that's going to be hard not to watch with some, some tears in your eyes a little bit. Especially if, you know, you've had a couple of Breck brews, a little bit of sauce meds it's early in the morning. I don't know what you're... Not your schedule is, but <laughs> if, if uh, it, it's just going to be a, a very emotional event, uh, because like you said, and, and I'm sure it'll be discussed and, and talked about, and you don't know to what extent, but the the other element being the the kind of validity of Colorado Rockies baseball and him choosing to go in as a Rocky, and so you know he's going to talk about the organization, and this is a weird and interesting time to be talking about <laughs> this organization. And so what he says there is going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that's something that I think really isn't made enough of, is the fact that he did choose the Rockies as his cap. The Cardinals had no chance, that's fine. But Montreal, this is a Cana- This is only the second Canadian-born player to make it the Hall of Fame. And he started his career in Montreal. They gave him an opportunity and said, maybe you literally want to hang up your skates and put away your, your hockey career, and we'll teach you the game of baseball because he did not know how to run the bases. This is not a joke. He did not know you have to go back and re-tag up on bases. He ran across the diamond from third to first on a ball that was caught in the gap. So you would understand why he would want to go in as a, as a Montreal Expo and you know kind of tip his cap literally – Literally and figuratively to that city and to that country, especially when they got their season washed out in 1994. So for him to have chosen, you know, the Rockies and the Rockies haven't, you know, they didn't retire his number before this vote went out too. Right. So it's not like the Rockies have lifted him up and have made, uh, you know, uh, as big of a deal as Larry Walker's. Maybe they should have. And yet at the end of the day, his best memories, his favorite memories, he identifies most as a Colorado Rocky, and that is 
that just warms the cockles of, of, of my heart. And it should warm the cockles of, of every Rockies fan's heart because it could have gone a different way, and it didn't, and it's right, and it's wonderful. I do not have a Manscaped read ready, but I feel like somewhere in there, <laughs> maybe could have could have been one of those. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm jazzed for it. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about it after it happens, because then there will actually be, you know, stuff. <laughs> we'll have actually said things. But is there anything other than just the the speech, the serial? Like, what else is there? Because you're you're a little more familiar with the pomp and circumstance around it than that. Anything else that you're looking forward to and seeing all that? And please don't say Derek Jeter. Uh, who's that? I don't, <laughs> no, I don't think... Are, are owners allowed to get uh, entered into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Right. I, I guess maybe right. they are now. What does he even do? Um, no, I, I think uh, the shout-outs is, is a big one. Uh, Frank Thomas, Big Hurt, one of my all-time favorites. He went and he had a, a laundry list for like four minutes straight. He sounded like the Micro Machine Man where he was just shouting out all his old teammates with nicknames and stuff. And that was fantastic. And so, I, you know, more guys might do that. But that's one of those things. You know, who does he mention? He may have a long story about, you know, the Blake Street Bombers and Galarraga and Vinny Castilla, et cetera, et cetera. But he may talk about some of those other guys. Maybe John Vanderwall saying, hey, he's my personal caddy. I would come out of the game. He would come in. You know, all of those different kind of things, I'm looking forward to that. And seeing who's going to be in there uh, or out there at the field at the Clark Sports Center, uh, out on the grass, sitting in the lawn chairs. Who got the invite? Who is going to be there to support him? You know, as, as Ellis Burks, we know as, as an announcer, you know, he's busy. He's got some things going on, but maybe he's out there. You know, Dante Bichette's already there. So who else from the Rockies family is going to be there? Who's able to, right? Because not everybody is able but that's what I'm looking for here. Shout-outs and who's going to be out there, you know, representing and, and who got the big invite from LK. Yeah. LKR Walker. LKR. I bet I bet if he can get away, and, and we know he's – I bet Walt Weiss would be there if he can. And we know he's working. Nah. That's going to be hard. I, I would so. – you know, I, I actually – I bet he would try to get out there. Those guys, I know those guys were real close. Of course, Walt Weiss is close with everybody. Apparently, everyone you talk to who's met Walt Weiss and been around him for a long time is like, I love Walt. He's a great friend. <laughs> so you're like, uh, oh, I see Jeff Reed. I want to see some Jeff Reed. Let me see a little Jeff Reed. Uh, probably not Joe Girardi. I'm going to guess I'm gonna guess not a Joe Girardi signing. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> you're not going to be able to get those guys. Uh, who else could you get? Maybe, maybe some of those... Uh, some of those early early pitcher guys. I don't know how much pitchers and position players hang out with each other. Was he like big pals with Kevin Ritz or whatever? <laughs> do, we, so, do we get Buddy Bell? Do we get Jim Leland? Yeah. You know, guys who helped bring his career along. They, they didn't really no. help Is Dan O'Dowd there? Could be. I bet. I, I've got the over on Dan O'Dowd. On, one, on half of a Dan O'Dowd. <laughs> Maybe Bob Gebhardt. Bob you know, Gebhardt could and should be there. Helped, helped sign him. He brought him to Colorado. You got that going on. Momfort going to be there? Could be. Could be. Could be. Does he get the invite? That's the question. What's <laughs> he invited? He, he, might be, he might be sitting on a blanket, maybe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But even if he's not, hey, a couple weeks from now, we can kind of do it all over again in Colorado style. So it is cool. Be all right. Yeah, it, it is cool that they're doing a whole big thing here and, and that the Rockies fans, especially 
given this time where it's still like travel and health and all the things that are going back on. And actually we're back under a mask mandate in Boulder right now where I live, you know? So it's just like with all that stuff going on, I know it's tough for a lot of fans who would love to have made the trip out to Cooperstown um, so that they're going to have a great big thing for him here in September uh, at the end of the month here on the 25th. So, so cool. So fun. Retiring the number. Like you said, long overdue. I wrote about that, kind of got on them actually even behind the scenes about that <laughs> uh, a while ago. And so really glad to see that finally happening. Uh, and we can kind of bring the whole journey, like you said, of a career that began so many years ago and then ended so many years ago, <laughs> 16 years since he took his last at bat. And uh, about damn time. About damn time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. All right. Well, make sure you're hanging out with us for all that, for all the Rockies games and goings on. And, you know, every single time a Colorado Rockies player gets into the Hall of Fame, we are right here to talk about it with you all. So thank you. Make sure you're following along with us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. We're subscribing to the DNVR.com for all the written content and all the discounts and all the access to the Discord channel and all that grand, fantastic stuff that you're continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. promise you we'll continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.